0: Well I'm outside today with this message and as you can tell this is where I like to be out in the in the outdoors here's a pond and some pretty green grass and some pretty trees and I love this kind of an environment I, I like the outdoors and it's about sunset right now and I was thinking about um, what I might say and for the message this Sunday and and i my mind went to this a scene in scripture let me kind of describe it for you israel had had become slaves to egypt if you remember the story when joseph went into egypt because of a famine eventually all of israel moved into egypt and then eventually after joseph was gone the Israelites became slaves to the Egyptians. And that was uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, it lasted for 400 years. And God sends Moses to get those people out of Egyptian bondage. God wanted to free them so that they could return to the land of Canaan or go to Canaan, the land He had promised them. But when Israel tried to leave Egypt, the Pharaoh decided he would not let them go free. Of course, that was their enterprise and he wanted the Israelites working for them. So God sent through Moses each time 10 plagues. I hope you're familiar with it. These plagues were to convince Pharaoh to let Israel leave Egypt. And I, I, I want to talk about those, those plagues just a minute. And I want to read about one that's, that I think has great meaning. I'm in Exodus chapter 10. I'll be reading 21 in 22 it says then the lord said to moses stretch out your hand toward heaven let there that there may be darkness over the land of egypt darkness which may even be felt so moses stretched out his hand toward the heaven and there was thick darkness in all the land of egypt for 3 days they did not see one another. This reminds me of something close to our day and time, at least in some. They did not see one another, nor did any one rise from his place for three days. But all that watch the contrast. This is what I want us to catch. But all of the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. This was an amazing separation of what happened in Scripture here, and I want to look at it. I want to talk this morning if I titled it the light that is in your house. I not only want to talk about the light in our house, I want to talk about the light in our churches and about the light in our nation because I think if COVID-19 does anything I think it should make us aware of what God is doing in our world and the day and age in which we lived. So these plagues that God sent to Egypt They began, the very first one, was by striking a blow at the Nile River. The Nile River was Egypt. one of Egypt's two leading deities. The Egyptians believed that the Nile was Egypt's god of life. And the fact that God, in the first plague, turned that river and their pools and their ponds and all the water they had into blood was a major signal that shook Pharaoh. It made death look like it was coming out of what they thought was their, their god of life. When we get to the ninth plague, the one that I read about the darkness, it struck at the very foundation of Egyptian theology. That theology gave priority to the sun god, Ra. And the Pharaoh himself was believed to be the embodiment of that god, Ra, the sun god or the god of light. What could be a more dramatic climax than for the encounter between Moses and Pharaoh to bring about darkness that triumphed over the sun for 3 days and 3 nights? This was a major major situation for Pharaoh to consider. I wanted you with me to imagine the drama just a moment. Here's Moses, remember, he is he was raised by this Pharaoh. He was He was placed in Pharaoh's home as if he were adopted because Pharaoh's daughter raised him. And now, here he is, standing, announcing plagues before the father image of his childhood. Here's Moses, perhaps in rank order, he would become the next Pharaoh. And suddenly, Pharaoh is belittled, he is defaced. I want to read verse 28 and 29 of that same chapter and listen to the conversation because it would be an eternal conversation between these two men. 28 and 29. Then Pharaoh said to him, meaning Moses, Get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. For in the day that you see my face, you will surely die. I want you to know those were strong words in that conversation. But the children of Israel were different. I want you to know that when that darkness came in Egypt, notice the scripture said that darkness, so dark, so black, if you will, in Egypt that they could feel it. And then, verse 23 of that chapter says, "...but in all of the children of Israel had light in their dwellings." I want to tell you, when God gets ready to separate a people, it can be a difficult thing. As a little boy, I remember distinctly so many times, I recall the old farmhouse we lived in, in the country, and I remember many times that electricity would go out and you couldn't depend on it then near like you can now. And my mom, my dad would get up and light candles or they would light oil lanterns or sometimes we would light the burner on an old uh, butane stove or propane stove in the kitchen just to get light because sometimes that's the only light we had. Through many storms, I remember as a child recalling the darkness but the darkness would go away in the house because of, of a light, light lantern, because of a candle, or because of maybe burners on the stove. Today I count dependable electricity and dependable electrical lighting a great blessing. Yet I will tell you, today I remain very fond of an old oil lantern because I feel like, in a sense, it's a sense that if it gets dark, I know how I can lighten the dark up a little bit. To, today, I, I'm still fond of them. Yet, I'm less enamored with literal light and more cognizant of the heritage symbolized in the simple light. Someone went to the trouble to punch holes in the darkness even if it was a simple lantern in my childhood. For three days and three nights, Egypt was covered in darkness. A heavy, haunting plague of darkness. The scripture said it could even be felt. But the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. I want to tell you, there is a destiny, like it or not, on the nation of Israel. If we can't, I won't go into prophecy, but I will tell you this that when the end times come, God and it, and Israel have a rendezvous that's going to last for seven years, and then I think a millennial reign. But there is a day coming. I think today is a set stage for that to transpire. Here we are. What a powerful picture it is. Darkness that came totally against their sun god. For three days, God, in a sense, said, I can totally control your sun god. Those those flickering flames over in the houses of Israel, gave Israel hope in, in a to a frightened people. It brings questions that I want to ask us today. I want to ask us, what kind of light should be shining in our homes? I want to take it further and say, what kind of light should be shining in our churches? And can I take it further? I want to talk about what kind of lights are shining from our own nation now as we open 2020 I want to tell you that despots and dictators and people that are people haters I I I don't I might expect them to be evil I might expect them not to be moral but I want to tell you my soul is weary of the light that I see basically not shining in America anymore because the light is going out the scripture says we if you sow to the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. I believe, and I'm going to tell you, I believe America has sown to the wind, and I believe we're on the precipice of reaping the whirlwind, and I believe that there's some lights that need to stay on so that we, like Israel, can go through whatever is coming and know that God is there. I want to talk about some lights in our house. The first light I want to talk about is the light of freedom and responsibility. I believe parents should allow their children the ability to develop freedom. I think they should have a place where they appreciate freedom. I think the appreciation of freedom should begin in the home. I think it should be bolstered in the church. And I think it should be the pride of the nation. But how much freedom? How much freedom? What is the other side? What about the responsibility? Today we hear a lot about freedom. I will tell you this, freedom is a commodity which price is never paid in full. And we we say much about freedom, but I want to tell you that there is responsibility that goes with it. The prodigal, if you remember in Luke, I think chapter 15, the prodigal wasted in the far country what his father had given him. I want to declare to you in our homes, in our churches, in America, Freedom without responsibility will always bring loss. And we're high and big on freedom and i think we should be but i think we should be just as high on responsibility and accountability otherwise we're going to lose that's a fact parents let the light of freedom and responsibility and can i add discipline shine in your home church we must appreciate our liberty to worship but we must be responsible citizens and america Let the light of freedom and the light of responsibility in every office assigned, from the White House to every house I'm speaking to, we thank God for freedom, but we also have responsibility. The second light I want to talk about is the light of cooperation. God always delights when in the united effort of people let me go back and i hope you know the story of moses that just before this if you remember his story if not go read it it's a tremendous read his sister protected him as a baby by putting him in that basket and saw that he was raised by pharaoh's daughter his brother by the name of aaron became his spokesman another member of the family and then moses father-in-law at times gave him great wisdom. It's a picture to say the family participated in making him a leader along with God. Every member of the family, ladies and gentlemen, must know their role in contributing to cooperation and the joy in every home. I think the light of cooperation should be a major light I believe the Scripture's true, woven like a golden cord from Genesis to Revelation. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, that same thing we reap. That sounds negative, but I want to tell you, if you sow good, God said you'll also reap good. This is a, a lamp, a light that I think should remain lit in our homes. There's a third one I want to mention. It's the light of loyalty. A young nine-year-old child was asked, What is love? And that nine-year-old child responded. Let me just read it because I want it to be so precise. The child said, Love is something you give to someone you care for because you want them to have it more than you want to keep it yourself. What a statement of love and loyalty from a nine-year-old. I want to remind you in the book of Ruth uh, a story right quickly Naomi had sojourned with her family. Her husband and her sons had died. Her, her son, of course, was married. Her name was Ruth, and Naomi told Ruth, I can, you can be freed from me. You have no more obligation. My son is dead. But I want to show you something dynamic. Ruth's loyalty held close to her aging mother-in-law, says something about her character, this virtuous woman who lived above the level of most of her society that day. She said to her mother-in-law, out of love and loyalty, do not urge me to leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, that's where I will die. That's a great picture of loyalty in the family. Here is a virtuous woman who lived above the norm of her day. But an even greater picture is the loyalty to God. Joshua made the statement, The follower, after he followed Moses, he made the statement, as for me and my house, he was a man of God, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, America, in an age where so many relationships are lost and broken and and in trouble, a sense of family loyalty is important. It should be instilled and exemplified in every child by every parent. Parent is the light of love and loyalty in your home. Church is the light of love and loyalty in the church. America, genuine love and genuine love light of of loyalty should be in our nation. And finally, let me close with the light of the presence of Christ. One evening, Jesus traveled to Simon Peter's house, and there he healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. That's Matthew 8. In the next chapter, Matthew 9, he was relaxing at Matthew's house, and on that occasion, he took care of of some sinners and when christ is present in the home i want to tell you he it changes for the better one of the great realities of the christian faith is the power of the resurrection of our christ to invade all aspects of life he is always a light and that is the life-changing presence of god robert louis stevenson as a boy was gazing into the dark night from his bedroom window. His mom, or his grandmother, excuse me, inquired, what are you doing? And the old village lamplighter was about the task of walking down the street lighting the street lights. And Robert Louis Stevenson replied to his grandmother's question, I'm watching a man punch holes in the darkness. Parents. Church, America, may we, like our God, in times of darkness, live in such a manner that our children can say, there was always a light in our house. Saints, we must keep these lights in our homes. Church, we must keep the light of the power of God in our churches and truth in our churches. America, I believe we've sown to the wind As we reap the whirlwind, I pray it'll cause us to know a tremendous need of revival in this nation. I look at at so many things that are going on, questions. We've talked about it for weeks now, uncertainty. I want you to know that it is important how we live. The things you believe and the things you stress in your home are what dictates your future. And I think it's important that God's people maintain those lights for our world. It's more needed today than any other day. Well, it's getting dark out here. The sun's about to set. And I want to tell you, I don't know what the age is, but if it's getting dark in this age, I for one, like Joshua, like Ruth, I for one, like when I was a boy, I want to light the lantern of these things in my life, in my church. And I pray that America will stay with what has made us, and that is the fact that we founded this nation on Judeo-Christian values. Ladies and gentlemen, our moral fiber needs a revival. Our dignity needs a revival. Truth is dead in the streets, and we need to turn the light on again in our country. Maybe the COVID-19 come to remind us there's some things that are more important than just finance. There's things more important than just careers. There's people in your home. That's how you live, because we're all going to stand before the Father someday. Let this be a time where we take inventory and say, as for me and my house with Joshua, Sir, be a man of God. Mom, wife, be a woman of God, like Ruth. Teenagers, be obedient children, because I want to tell you, they. Life is, your parents have forgot more about life than you know. I just want to remind us, let's take the real genuine values that I think we've been brought back to and let's make sure that from this point on, they remain because our world may get darker and I want light in my house.